Working with parents with learning difficulties and disabilities when love isn't enough. When I first started working at St Michael's, I um, used to go around the houses in the days before COVID. And um, I was sat one afternoon with the family and the mum and dad were, I was chatting to them about how we could improve what we were doing with them and looking at how they got their information. And the mum was sat behind me, cradling the baby and rocking backwards and forwards. And she didn't really have very much to say. The dad, you know, he had plenty to say. And then suddenly out of nowhere, she tapped me on the shoulder and I turned round and she says, why won't they let me keep my baby? And then she looked down again and she kept rocking him and she's going to me, look, he's, he's clean, he's beautiful, he's really healthy, I feed him. And then she just went quiet again and started rocking him again. And then the dad who'd had a chance to catch his breath carried on. And, and after that had finished, I went downstairs to talk to the team and someone said something there that stuck with me. I mean, the whole episode really stuck with me, but they said that sometimes love just isn't enough. And that's just really so desperately sad. So I thought it would be really nice to do a podcast looking at our work with parents with learning difficulties. I wanted to talk to some experts about the experiences of parents with learning difficulties and what things they think need to change so that things can improve for them and to give people an insight into the work that we do with parents as well. I'm going to talk to Gillian McIntyre, who's an academic at Strathclyde University. She's a professor in social work and specialises in working with parents with learning difficulties and has done a few research papers into, into this. I'm also going to talk to Sue McGraw, who created the PAMS tool, which is um, a parental assessment manual that we use when working with parents with learning difficulties. And I wanted to find out more about that and how that can be used. I'm also going to talk to Nadine Tilbury, who is the policy officer from Working Together with Parents Network, which we are a member of, um, which brings together professionals with an interest or who work with parents with learning difficulties. Um, to find out about the work that they're doing and some of the issues that they've been tackling at the moment. And just to be clear, we're going to be using the term learning difficulty, parents with learning difficulties and parents with learning disabilities interchangeably. So today I'm going to start by um, sharing a conversation I had with Hannah. She works at 46, um, which is one of our residential assessment centres and she's really passionate about the work that she does with parents with learning difficulties. And it's always really great talking to her. I wanted to start off by asking her about how she builds trust with parents that come to us. Because often when they arrive, they're feeling really vulnerable. And often they haven't had a great experience and aren't trusting, very trusting of professionals. And I want to know... I wanted to ask how she builds that trust back up. Yeah, building trust with parents is obviously really central to the work that we do. And I think 
one key key aim of us as a service is to always work openly and transparently um so from the outset of working with families even before they've moved in um, and we've kind of agreed a placement we will meet with them um to show them our center to where they might be moving to so that they get an overview of what it looks like and have the opportunity to ask any questions um, and we also share with them the information that we hold about them so that we're aware that they might have learning difficulties but the key is to ask them what it means for them um, so that we're not making any assumptions and we're not um, undermining them we want to as much as possible to empower them because for any family coming into a family assessment centre, um, this is often something that's been court ordered. There are obvious concerns about the safety or well-being of their child, um, and that's a really stressful situation for anyone to be in. Um, and these processes are often very legal by by their nature especially if if the case is in court um, there's a lot of, of complex information that's put forward and i think it can leave parents um confused feeling really worried not feeling listened to so we want from the outset to be able to listen listen to the parents that we work with and to make sure that we've heard their views and and what they need from us um, because then that will help us to identify our approach to working with them um, so from from even before they move in we were looking to build that trust and kind of set up that relationship um, obviously it is difficult it is hard um, and they're very aware when they move in that we are looking at their parenting and looking at where they, whether they can keep their child safe. Um, but we, we try to mitigate that again by making sure that that line of communication with them is open um, and that we're sharing our worries with us and they can share their worries um, with us as well. I'm just wondering, the social workers will have all the paperwork and maybe have an idea of who they think this family is. Are they ever surprised about what you find out about families? Um, I don't know if social workers are surprised. I think what we have found and are finding more and more um, over the course of the last year and lockdown and ways of working obviously are, are to be more online, to be more virtual, is that social workers don't hold um don't often hold in mind a kind of overview of the parents presentation um and by that i mean you know how they communicate their basic functioning in terms of reading and writing um and so that is something that we that is very key to to our assessment and how we work with families so it's something that we kind of quite immediately want to know about and so I wouldn't say social workers are surprised, but I think our assessments definitely provide them with the with with that information more so than they will have ever kind of had previously. OK, how I mean, how often does it happen often that we get parents come from assessment who have never who haven't been assessed for a learning disability? Um, yeah, that's quite common. How do you deal with this? So it's not uncommon for parents to be referred to us having never had um, an assessment previously and especially never having assessments for um, learning difficulties and disabilities. Um, 
we will often recommend that assessments are completed because it will inform the assessment and it will inform ways of working with parents however however because of our experience in working with parents um and the relationship-based nature of our work um, we often in our initial weeks of observations will pick up on whether there are um, cognitive functioning difficulties or learning difficulties um, and can adapt our ways of working accordingly. So when families first move in with us, we do a piece of work with them called Tell Us About You. Um, and that's a very, it's a very structured set of questions um, but supports parents to think about what they know about childcare, but also what they know about independent living. Um, and part of that will look at their ability to read and write, um, their ability to tell the time. And that gives us a really basic overview of where they might be at with those very basic skills um, and then based on that we can kind of take that information and, and adapt our ways of working to make sure that they are best supported so that might be for instance making sure that a family has a digital clock as well as an analog clock um, because a lot of families or a lot of parents with the learning difficulties will have difficulties with telling the time and will be better able to read from a digital clock um, than an, an analog we will often ask for adult social services referrals to be made so that we know that the parent is supported in their own right um, because for some parents that can make a real difference you know if we take a pressure off them meeting their own independent needs because they might have a support worker to support them with elements of that that can really enable them to parent in a different way and what we find is that there's kind of two issues with it firstly is that time scales means that referrals often aren't completed within the space of a family assessment but then second to that is that threshold met levels aren't met um, and this is where we can very clearly see there's kind of um, an impact of you know parents functioning on their day-to-day -day living and yet if that's not captured in kind of a paper referral form correctly very quickly we will be told the threshold isn't met and so they, they they aren't you know able to refer into those services and that can feel really frustrating what um what what other tools do you use with parents yeah so we've got a lot of tools that we can use with parents um it can be as basic as things like a whiteboard we have a lot of parents with learning difficulties who will struggle to time manage um, and so having a whiteboard and supporting them to plan out their day can be really useful in kind of structuring their time. So that's that's a really useful tool. Other things we have are kind of easy read guides, so for basic care tasks to allow them again to complete tasks in order, um, a visual guide of how to do it so that they can tick it off as they go along um, is really useful. Um, and then there's there's also kind of the emotional element of of working with a parent where there's a learning difficulty or disability um, and and the stress that that can cause them and their kind of lack of self-esteem. So a lot of our tools will also be looking at how we can help a parent to emotionally regulate and manage that that additional stress. So, for instance, it might be that we offer them a space each day to come and share their worries um, so that they know that they have got kind of a one-to-one -one 
point in the day where they can have those discussions, they can scale worries um, and they can kind of put them into context um, and giving them that clear structure and that clear space. The aim is to kind of take it away from the rest of what's going on with their day and help them manage a little bit better. One of the tools that we use um, all the time when we're working with parents where there is a learning difficulty or a suspected learning difficulty is the parent assessment manual software, so PAMS, and we use it um, to inform the teaching that we offer to families. So it means that the tools are completed in the first two to three weeks of assessment, um, and then that helps us to identify where the areas of need are for parents, which means we can really tailor teaching to them. And then at the end of the assessment, we repeat the tools to get an understanding of their capacity to learn. Um, I, I want to sort of capture how we help so social workers make a, the best decision for children whose parents have learning disabilities. I mean, the one thing that I think we do and is really important as part of our assessments is to make sure that we are giving social workers, providing social workers with the evidence of how parents function cognitively and kind of on a day to day basis. Um, often we find um, a lot of families are referred to us where little is known about the parents and how they kind of manage on a day to day basis um, and something that a residential family assessment is able to facilitate are those day-to-day -day observations and that's really really important for getting an overview of, of how the parents are managing and the kind of the child's experiences and I think our weekly feedback allows the social workers to see who mum and dad are um, and how they manage and that is really key to then identifying the interventions that they need to support them in their parenting so especially towards the end of a assessment um, being able to give a clear overview of mum and dad's functioning um, is really key to then knowing and obtaining the right support services from the community I just wondered, how much support is there for parents out in the community? Sometimes it can feel really isolating as a mm -hmm. service. Um, it's It feels very challenging to link in with those other services um, and to know what is available for parents. And I know certainly that that's something that we want to build on, um, especially knowing what's available for parents when they go back into the community, because for parents with a learning difficulty, having support available could, could be the difference between them keeping their child in their care or not. And we know that that support is really vital for those parents. That was Hannah, who is the deputy manager at 46, one of our family residential assessment centres. I hope that's given you a little bit more insight into the work we do with parents with learning disabilities. I look forward to sharing my other conversations with you around the subject. Here at St Michael's we give children the best start in life by working directly with their parents. If you'd like some more information you can check out our website and the links in the bio. It's stmichaelsfellowship.org.uk Thank you for listening.